92.7 WMAY. Springfield's News and Talk. Fifty-five degrees at six forty-one. Good morning. I'm Patrick Fingston, and for Greg Bishop here on ninety-two-seven WMAY Springfield's News and Talk. Uh, we are not a sports station, I promise. Uh, though uh, they they don't tell me what I can or can't talk about when I fill in on these airwaves. So. I talk about what I want, and I talk about the things that I care about. And I care about Illinois football, darn it. And the guy that cares about Illinois football more than I do is Robert Rosenthal. He is uh, the guy who writes the uh, wonderful IlliniBoard.com website. And uh, Robert joins us this morning from Champaign. Robert, good morning. How are you? I am uh, up and out. It's a nice morning, so I'm, uh, I'm good. Good. Well, thanks for thanks for getting up for us and uh, and and being willing to chat. So, I uh, I have a confession. I did not watch the end of the game last week. Uh, I was on I was on dad duty with our nine month old and uh, was told the results and uh, deleted my DVR before I could cause myself any headaches. So, um, Illinois lost a tough one at. At Indiana last week, uh, Indiana scored a touchdown in the last minute or so of the game. It was not a, a particularly, I would say, stunning win in their first week against against Wyoming. Is is this a good or a bad football team? You know, it it's probably a little more encouraging than I originally thought. Um, you know, it, it, it was one of those awful games, every fan knows it, where you know, every drive in the second half has ended either in a punt or a turnover. Just have to do it one more time in these final two minutes and the game is ours kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, that sinking feeling of, oh, man, if if we stop them for seven consecutive drives and then give up a touchdown on the very final drive, that's going to hurt. And uh, it was quite painful. But, um, you know, overall, yards-wise, Chase Brown having 200 yards on the ground, you know, the defense continuing to play drive. Um, they, you know, there are a lot of encouraging signs. It's just you know, you can't beat, get beat at the horn. Chase Brown is really good, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's that, you know, he arrived at Illinois to zero fanfare. He just right. more or less yeah. showed up at training camp to join his uh, twin brother who was already here for a year. He transferred in from Western Michigan. There was no, there were no news stories about it. There were no school announcements about it. It was just first day of training camp in in 20, 2019. Oh, there's a there's a new running back on the roster, kind of thing. Uh, and now, you know, he's getting national pub, and he's getting. Oh, is he one of the top five running backs in the country? And you know, he's getting a lot of praise these first two games. So. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while, right? It's been since probably Mikel LaShore in 2010 where there's a, a tailback of Illinois that has gotten wide, wide national recognition. Yeah, and, and it was Mikel LaShore played in the NFL. Richard Mendenhall played in the NFL for a while. I mean, we're, we're talking uh, pretty good guys here. Uh, Tommy DeVito is the um, transfer quarterback uh, who's actually older than Justin Fields. The Bears quarterback, which I found interesting, uh, he's 24, which makes for uh, quite the interesting college age uh, football players. Is is he for real? Yeah, I mean, look, he had this reputation of 
you know, maybe getting a little too loose with, with some plays and maybe trying to force a few things. Uh, it's why he lost the starting job at, at Syracuse. So he came in, you know, Brett in a couple press conferences, he called him a gunslinger. You know, he said, he, you know, we've got we to work on his ways of, hey, I think I can fit it in there between those three defensive backs. So, um, you know, this, this game, I think this Indiana game, he maybe surprised people by running a little bit, like, you know, third and six, and they're going to pick it up with the quarterback's feet. Um, you know, that wasn't his reputation coming in. Um, and he had a couple huge, in the second half, a couple huge, third down, nothing's there, tuck and run, and, and get the first down plays. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's been encouraging so far, but again, it would be a lot more encouraging if it was 2-0 and oh and not 1-1. One and one. Robert Rosenthal, who writes the fantastic IlliniBoard.com website, uh, joins us here on WMAY. I'm Patrick Fingston, and for Greg Bishop this morning, uh, let's, let's talk about Brett Bielema, um, who, who I can't help but love. Um, I, I had a, I had like a deep, I had a deep respect for Lovey Smith. Like he, he was, he, he's a classy, decent, uh, caring guy who, who made the program respectable off the field again, uh, especially after the turmoil and, and the crazy of, of, of Goober, Tim Beckman and, and, and some of that area, that, that era. But you had to understand why Josh Whitman moved on from, from Lovey Smith. Uh, Bielema had was had, had success at Wisconsin. He's from Prophetstown, Illinois. Um, had a terrible time at Arkansas, but he seemed to kind of chill out a little bit as he's gotten a little older. What's what's the difference in Brett Bielema at Illinois than than Brett Bielema at Wisconsin or Arkansas? You know, I think he would tell you that he. You know, he gets named a head coach of this program in his mid thirty. Using for for Barry Alvarez, his, his final three years at Wisconsin, he goes to the Rose Bowl all three years. Uh, he gets offered the SEC job. You know, he he would even tell you he thought he could do no wrong, and then that the Arkansas moment was quite humbling for. Um, you know, it has the potential. Of of being <laughs> excuse me of being exactly what Illinois has needed someone a from the state grew up in the state mm-hmm. played high school football in the state. Um, we won't he, hold it against him that he played at Iowa. <laughs> yes, and that he has an Iowa tattoo on his leg, which he <laughs> was a nineteen-year-old decision he has come to regret many times. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, he knows what it's like to be fired. He knows what it's like to kind of go off to the NFL and have a linebacker job here and, you know, assistant job of the Patriots and this and that. Um, you know, he's, he has two young daughters. He's been looking to get back to a college down. So this is something that if it works could be kind of that perfect formula for Illinois that, you know, he just built a house in Champaign. He would love to stay here for 15 years and, you know, finish out his career and raise his daughters here and, and everything else. You know, the, the risk for Illinois, think of John Makovic, think of other coaches, the risk is if you get really good at Illinois, if you rebuild Illinois, then, you know, a lot of other teams are going to come calling. It's possible that he 
you know, having, having chased that before and it not gone well, uh, would be happy to stay and, you know, raise his daughter somewhere uh, in the long term. So it has the potential of being that. We're just 15 games in, so it's, uh, you know, it's a long way to go. But, um, yeah, it's, it has the potential of being a really good long-term thing uh, if it starts working. Illinois hosts Virginia tomorrow at 3 o'clock at Memorial Stadium. What what do we expect out of uh, of UVA, uh, which, you know, they kind of cleaned Illinois' clock in uh, Charlottesville last year, uh, though it's a, a different team and, you know, Virginia has a different coach after some turmoil there. Uh, what what do you expect tomorrow? You know, it's, it's so hard to say because, A, any Illinois fan is going to remember the game last year where uh, UVA's quarterback, Brendan Armstrong, threw <laughs> limitless passes. I mean, had they kept the foot on the gas, it felt like he was going to throw for 600 yards last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did throw for over 400, and he has two really, really good NFL receivers. Um you know, this is probably both of their last year and then off to the NFL. So when you have a quarterback that good, who has the potential to be a top five quarterback nationally and two receivers, then you are probably going to have a really solid passing offense. However, uh, they lost six offensive linemen. They lost, you know, the starters they did have returning all entered the transfer portal and went elsewhere. So um, they had to rebuild the entire offensive line. They had to go out and find transfers. They had to have them to play freshmen. Um, so that's the that's the trick here is, you know, they have an NFL quarterback probably and a couple NFL receivers. But if he doesn't have any time to throw, then that probably won't matter. So it'll be really interesting. They only played, you know, an FCS team, Richmond, in the first week. So you didn't really face a, a big-time pass rush. And so that's the whole game probably can their new offensive line hold up or can Illinois get the arms from Robert Rosenthal from Illiniboard.com for another minute here on WMAY. Uh, here's the big question, Robert. And, and, you know, I, I don't live in champagne proper anymore. And I, I did for a long time, but, but even people in champagne don't have their Saturdays penciled in to go to Memorial stadium and go to the game like they used to much less the people that, that travel from Springfield or, or the Chicago suburbs, et cetera. And, and there's still a line down 57 of, of cars with Illini flags that, that go down. But the, the interest in the program is, is low, maybe not at an all time low, but it's low. What's it going to take to turn interest and success and uh, make Illinois football a program that isn't just a bottom barrel laughing stock of the Big Ten? Well, I mean, the obvious question is wins. We're, we're talking about a program that has five winning seasons the last 27 years. Um, I mean, just the fact of hearing that, keeps those cars from getting on 57, keeps those mm-hmm. cars from getting 72, keeps those cars from getting on 74. Um, you know, just the fact that there's no consistency, You <clears throat> number one, obviously, you, you have to build that again. Um, but I think there also has to be um, you know, just kind of a, a reattachment of the fan base to the team. Um, you know, there have been some issues just in, you know, <laughs> And any losing program is going to have 
you know, issues with, oh, the, the, look, the concessions were bad and this and that. It has to be, it has to be a, okay, we're really sorry that the last 30 years have been so poor and thank you for supporting us for all this time and let's all join together and make this a new thing. You know, when, when Barry Alvarez took over Wisconsin, you know, that, that stadium seats 80,000 people, average attendance was 39,000. It was a half-empty Camp Randall. Mm-hmm. They built it, um, the state bought in, and something completely different from what it was 30 years ago. And so it would have to be the same transformation in Illinois of years and years of losing. Um, now there's something new. The school is invested. The fans invest as well. And, you know, everybody's pointing. Look, this the Big Ten is getting bigger. The Big Ten is going to become this conference. The games are on Fox and CBS and NBC at night and the new TV deal and USC and UCLA. And Illinois is going to have to match that with, um, you know, a program worthy of something like that. We'll have to talk about UCLA and USC and expansion and TV some other time, but uh, I, I hope we can do that. Um, Robert is a serious Illini guy. Uh, I sat next to him at the cold, damp Michigan State game a couple of years ago when Illinois became bowl eligible, and there's nobody that takes this more seriously than Robert Rosenthal. Illiniboard.com. Robert, thanks so much. Appreciate the time as always, my friend. You got it. Thanks.